Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's Picks for the Massachusetts Republican State Committee. Vote Tuesday, March 5th to keep the mass GOP alive. To see Howie's Picks, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on the banner. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace. Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Grace Curley Show. Thank you all so much for joining us today, and happy Friday. You did it. You made it to the end of the week, and we are thrilled to usher you into the weekend in style. We've got a lot of great things planned for the show today, a nice mix of some very serious news, some very important news, a lot of local stuff happening today, but also we're going to have some fun as usual. That's kind of a mandatory part of the Grace Curley show is we have a good time. So the former president, Donald- Before 2.30 every day, by the way. Yes, yes. So with the caller yesterday, you know, you guys were just starting to kick it just up. Just when it's starting to get fun. I was like, it gets fun at 12.05, buddy. Where have you been? But the former president, uh, Donald J. Trump, is in court today. You know, Jared, his schedule must be jam-packed. Like, I would love a side-by-side of his calendar versus Joe Biden's calendar. Because besides, you know, going to the border and all these things, he also has to go to all. And I know he technically probably doesn't have to go to these hearings. But he realizes it's good for business. Every knock a boost. As a friend of mine might say. And the polls, the fundraising shows that when he shows up for these court cases, it bodes well for him. And the public enjoys rallying around him. So this hearing, because there are so many, and I I know it's hard to keep up with which one he's at, this one was in Fort Pierce. There were a lot of people lining the streets, big Trump flags, a lot of supporters lining up on the street uh, by the courthouse, seeing him drive by. This is about the documents. This is the classified documents case, which we were told, you know, he handled it very differently than Joe. Because the amazing thing about Democrats is when Democrats are on trial, if they're fit to stand trial, if they're not high or drunk or too old and can't remember anything. The prosecutors, the judges, the juries can see into their souls. They can always see the intent And we're going to get to, that's a word that's been coming up more and more. And today it came up, this might surprise you, but I'm going to go back to Lloyd Austin today because his intent when skipping out of work, and I know, I get it, I I shouldn't say skipping out, I know he had uh, treatment for cancer, but he didn't let anybody know. He did not go through the protocols. The woman who was supposed to take over for him was on vacation. It was just a complete mess. And... I would be fine with it if Lloyd Austin said, listen, this this is what happened and heads have to roll and this is unacceptable. But of course, that's not what happened. But there's been an investigation and the intent there. There was no ill intent. Isn't that funny? Lloyd Austin, no ill intent there. Joe Biden never has any ill intent. Donald Trump, on the other hand. Peter Navarro, you start looking at those people. Nefarious intentions always. It's kind of a uh, safe bet. 
So Trump today's met with plenty of supporters in Fort Pierce holding uh, large flags lining the streets on the way to the courthouse. And meanwhile, President Joe Biden getting ready to take off for the weekend. He's counting down the hours till he can get out of that gilded cage known as the White House and head to Camp David. Now, yesterday is what I would call the day of juxtaposition, the dichotomy of these two guys going to the border. Now, you have Trump, right? He's got the big red tie on. He's met by the Border Patrol members, the union members, and he gets up there, gets in front of the mic, and he starts speaking about the horrific murder of 22-year-old nursing student Lakin Riley in Georgia. Her funeral is today, by the way. It's, it's getting coverage on Fox, getting coverage on Newsmax. Not sure if the left-leaning outlets are really going to give this much time. But Trump reveals during his remarks yesterday that he's spoken to Lake and Riley's parents, who are obviously inconsolable, devastated, beyond, you know, beyond repair. And it's horrible. And his speech in regards to his comments on the border, not in regards to, to Lake and Riley in that case, uh, he was very sensitive about that. But in regards to the border and this devastation that we're seeing, and I'm curious if anyone else found this to be the case, it was reminding me, it had a more somber tone, obviously. But it reminded me a lot of his golden escalator when he came down the escalator and gave that speech in 2015 and kind of kicked off his presidential run. I remember watching it in the old building and thinking, this is crazy. This guy is saying what everybody's thinking but it's nuts. And now you fast forward, it's a lot less crazy because so many of the things that he was warning us about, so many of the things that he was uh, not afraid to talk about, a lot of other people have been a little bit more outspoken now that it's the issue is kind of showing up in their backyard. But it, it reminded me of that speech. And then as an absolutely blinding foil to the president, like I couldn't even look at it. It was like staring directly at the sun. To the former president, I should say. You've got Joe Biden, the current president. He's got cheat card in hand, which we know those cheat cards are upsetting the donors. The donors don't like the fact that he has these note card things that have all these instructions on them. I don't know why suddenly it's bothering them. He's been doing that since day one. But he's got cheat card in hand. And he's talking to people, members of the Border Patrol... And while they're talking to him, he's not even looking at them. He's just staring straight down at the cheat card, getting ready for his next question. And he's got to try, Jared. He's not a great actor. He's got so many skills. We know that. He's a trained guy. He's an author. Poorest man in Congress. He's, what else is he? I'm forgetting some now. He's a businessman. He's a lawyer. He's a man with a very high IQ. But he's not an actor. So he's reading these questions, and then he has to look up and go, what are we going to do about the, the cartels? And he tries to put a little inquisitive t inflection on it, but he's just reading from the script. And then you have him asking for some sort of kumbaya moment with Republicans. Like, we're not Democrats. We're not Republicans. We got to get this done. So suddenly we aren't Republicans and Democrats coming from the guy who's been railing against the mega MAGA Republicans for years at this point. But sure, four years into his presidency, he's trying to drum up some of that unity that we heard so much about in 2020, but never actually got to see with our own eyes. Never got to see the unity in action. Unity! 
Now, he was very short-lived, though, Jared, because Mr. Unifier-in-Chief, Mr. Bring the Country Together in a Kumbaya-style moment, has to get up to the podium and start calling people Neanderthals. So it didn't last very long. I got to hear this. This is what I wanted to start with today. Uh, This is Joe Biden at the border. A lot of people weren't sure how this visit was going to go, what he was going to say. And I will be real with you. I knew you'd blame Republicans. I I knew that he would claim that he's done everything he can and he put together a comprehensive. I knew that. I did not think he was going to go out and lecture people in Texas about climate change and then call people Neanderthals. I didn't have it on my bingo card, as the kids say. Can I get cut one, please? The idea there's no such thing as climate change. I love that, man. I love some of my Neanderthal friends uh, who still think there's no climate change. Can you feel the love? <laughs> Can you see he's just, he, he's so classy. When they go low, he goes high. I would love to, by the way, shake hands with the White House staffer who drew this one up. I would love to talk to the person, maybe it's the Easter Bunny at the White House, who goes, guys, let's have, I have an idea. I know the entire country, based off the exit polls, especially based off the swing states, I know the entire country is livid about what's going on with the influx of illegal aliens coming into this country and wreaking havoc on not just our economy, but crime-wise. Crime is out of control. There's a story out of Boston that is, it's repugnant, and, and we'll get to it in a little bit. There's a lot of local stories. And I know all that's happening, and I know people are ticked off, but here's the idea. We send Joe Biden to the border. We have him condescendingly lecture about climate change, and then get this. We will have him call people who don't go along with his green grift Neanderthals. What do you think? Thumbs up? Should we do it? Boom. And so remember recently we talked about Melnia Cass and what's going on there in Roxbury, and a lot of the residents there, because the community and a lot of the, the young people used Melnia Cass Recreation Center for track practice, for socializing, for swimming. And all of a sudden, it's now being used as an overflow facility. That's what they like to call this now, an overflow facility for illegal aliens. And the signs that people had outside of Melnia Cass, they read, you know, why us? Why not the wealthier communities? Those are some of the questions they ask, too. Why, why are we being burdened with this? Why not Wellesley, I think was one of the signs. Why not Wellesley? And so I'm here to say it's not Wellesley, but it's certainly Ritzy. Another community here in Massachusetts is being asked to do their fair share, and that would be in the seaport. That would be the Fort Point neighborhood and they are slamming their elected officials. We're actually going to talk to city councilor at large, Erin Murphy, in the 1 o'clock hour about this. But there's this plan. I say plan. It's not even. That's giving you too much credit. Here's this bright idea to stick 100 illegal aliens in an office building on Farnsworth Street. And, you know, don't worry about the bathrooms, the showers. Don't worry about all that. But there was a quote in the Boston Herald from a Fort Point resident. And we have sound of it. There's great sound. And I love this quote. He said, we've got a thousand questions. We've got 1,000 questions. And I'm here to tell that resident, your elected officials, your community leaders, guess how many answers they have for your 1,000 questions? I'll give you one guess. 
goose egg. They've got zero answers, and they can't have answers because when you think about it, and I've been seeing cuts of Governor Moore Healy and Mayor Wu, they can't really say anything because this all trickles down from the top. This trickles down from the Biden administration, and their strategy thus far has been we're not Donald Trump. We're not Donald Trump. We care a lot. We're compassionate. We care. And so now you have all these politicians. This is very toxic. This is like a hot potato. And they're panicking because they're looking out at their constituents who want to scream at them. They're so angry. And all they can say is, oh, we're trying to get more money and we're not Donald Trump and it's the Republicans' fault. And, and you know, we're trying to be compassionate. That answer is not doing anybody any good at this point. And so we're going to talk about this. We're going to play you some sound cuts because what I love is when, when you see the sound cuts of people in the seaport, there's still people that when they inter- when, when you know you have these local news crews and they get interviewed, they say things like, well, you know, I, it's, I think it's a great idea. It's really nice to be compassionate. You know what I say to those people? Check back in in a couple of weeks. Check back in with us in a couple of months when you've got someone peeing on your front door. Check back in and we'll see how compassionate you're feeling. And that's wonderful. Like, I applaud people for being so compassionate. But it's a giant misconception in this country, and it's due in part to the emotional manipulation of the left teaming up with the media to make people feel as though wanting a plan, wanting structure, wanting law and order, wanting a secure border somehow makes you less compassionate than people who have no idea what they're doing and are putting us all in danger. There's nothing nice and humane and compassionate about letting an influx of people come in and and then watching people like Lake and Riley get her skull bashed in. Like, oh, that's so, how how wonderful that you're so compassionate. It just, it really, really angers me when I still hear people saying that. And you know what else it angers me? Because these people in the seaport going, oh, you know, I think it's great and I think it's nice to be compassionate. That's what they think of people in Texas, like those border towns. They think it's a compassion issue. It's not. There's a lot of nice people in Texas. A lot of people who would help you out, who are very kind. They're not bad people because they can't handle this anymore. Because they see that this is untenable. And that is the part of this conversation that the left refuses to acknowledge. It's not a compassion issue. And it's not a money issue either. I heard Maura Healy saying, we just need more money, you know. If the Republicans went on board with this bill, we'd have more money by now. Great, you'd have an incentive for more people to come. Do you got another office building in the seaport that you're planning on sticking more people in? It's Friday. We're going to have fun, I promise. <laughs> just, just had to get that off my chest. You know, when I go home on Fridays, Jared, now tonight will be different because it's Friday during Lent, so I will be having a nice piece of salmon for myself. But typically when I'm driving home, I'm thinking of, am I going to have a filet mignon? Am I going to have a cheeseburger? Am I going to have a beef frank? I'm also loving the pork chops right now. And the best part about Omaha Steaks is that they're always running amazing deals. This one's my favorite. It's the semi-annual sale. So you get 50% off select packages. And you can get eight free burgers if you go to omahasteaks.com slash grace. This is such a great deal. And there's so much deliciousness For you to get your hands on juicy steaks, big beefy burgers, and so much more. The possibilities are endless. You cannot beat this price. You cannot beat this quality. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to omahasteaks.com. Shop the semi-annual sale today. Don't forget to use promo code GRACE at checkout to get 
an extra $30 off your order. So it's omahasteaks.com, and then when you see the promo code at the bottom, you just type in GRACE, G-R-A-C-E, and a mandatory minimum purchase may apply. You can kickstart your spring grilling. It's the semi-annual sale. Oh, and you know what? I'm sorry, Jared. I, I said the free burgers. That was an old deal. The new deal is also great, though. You go to omahasteaks.com. When you use promo code GRACE at checkout, you're not just getting the 50% off. You're going to get an extra $30 off your order. So that's an update for everybody. This is a great deal as well. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code GRACE to get that extra $30 off. We will be right back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is the Grace Curley Show. TGIF, everybody. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. Today's poll question is brought to you by the Nauset Beach Inn. Right now, you can stay at the Nauset Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. To reserve your pet friendly ocean view room, go to NaussetBeachInn.com. That's NaussetBeachInn.com. Dot com. Jared Diglio, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com, is what was the worst moment of Biden's border drive-by? Calling people Neanderthals, begging Trump to help him on the border, reading off his cheat sheet, calling for a kumbaya moment with Republicans, or asking Mayorkas how many more uh, big things they're doing. I didn't even know about that one until you just said it. I'm going to say calling uh, Republicans Neanderthals because it really was for me. And I, I I pride myself in being able to follow Joe Biden's speeches to the best uh, I think anyone could. You know, I can follow his train of thought to a degree, his Amtrak of thought to a degree. But to hear somebody say, we need to all come together, we're not Republicans, we're not Democrats, you know, basically, Trump, will you come save my ass because I'm in trouble? And then turn around and say, you bunch of Neanderthals. My head's going both ways. I'm going, which one is it? Do you want the Neanderthals to help you with this? Or do you hate us? You know, I'm just trying to get on the same page as Joe. So I'm going to say Neanderthals. Yeah, Neanderthals is in the lead at 33% right now, 26%. For begging Trump to help him, 20% for asking how many uh, big things, 12% for reading off the cheat sheet, 9% for calling for a kumbaya moment. Can I actually get number three for the for the big things? I, I love to hear this. This is Joe Biden yesterday. I, I just want the American people to know what we're trying to get done. How, how many more of these, these uh, big uh, things are we talking about? The non-intrusive techno- inspection technology under the legislation that we would get more than $400 million to implement more than 100 of those machines. Hmm. That's just on the minds of the Merrick people. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about Hunter Biden. We do have the transcript. It has been released from his closed-door testimony. And you know what my question is? Remember at one point he really wanted to have a public hearing, and he said, I'll do it right. I'll do it today. I'll do it today. And then they said, no, that's not how it works. You were, you know, we subpoenaed you. You have to come in. You have to have a deposition in private. Just like everybody else, you don't get special treatment. And now I'm curious because the deposition's done. So my follow-up question is, 
Do you still want the public hearing or has that changed? I've got a lot of information uh, about this deposition transcript and plus why the White House is making demands of Fox News. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. We have a lot of cuts about illegal immigration, both in Boston, because now the seaport is the latest spot. After Roxbury residents were asking, you know, why us? Why not Wellesley? Why not the wealthier communities? Your wish is more Healy and Mayor Wu's command. And now 100 migrants, illegal aliens, are supposed to be put up in this office building on Farnsworth. And they showed pictures of it in a lot of these local news reports. And that's the other part of it, too, is that, you know, you want to talk about safety issues. That's what, from what I saw from the town hall last night, that was the major concern of those residents was safety issues. But it's also, it it brings me back to what a caller had said a couple weeks ago. And this is why I love hearing from you guys, because I have the best callers. This guy calls up and he said, next time your town gives you a hard time about putting an addition on your house, or, you know, expanding your garage. And they say, well, no, you need this for the zoning of this. And you need to get this permit. And you need to go down to town hall. And you need to ask for this. And you need to vote for this. Just know it's all, what's the word? I don't want to say BS anymore. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to mix it up, Jared. It's all poppycock. It's all malarkey. It's all bully puck. Was that, was Flagrant bullpucky. Bullpucky. Okay, it's all bullpucky. Because clearly it doesn't matter. If they're going to stick 100 people in an office building that doesn't even have the appropriate amount of bathrooms or showers. And then they're going to look at you and go, well, you know, you really need to pull the blueprints from town hall because, you know, you're in violation of the zoning act of blah, blah, blah. It is all bullpucky, as Rachel Maddow would say. It is all hooey. Because clearly it doesn't matter when they want to break all of the rules. There's there's no, and I know they get away with it by saying everything's like an emergency. But there's no rhyme or reason to this. There's no plan in place. The plan is just to hope that they'll get away with this and that enough people will keep their mouth shut. And from what I'm seeing from these residents in the seaport, and I don't blame them, is that people aren't going to do that. And we are going to go back to this because it's a huge story. We're talking to Erin Murphy, city councilor at large at 1:30. Very excited to talk to her. She actually was on uh, with me outside Melnia Cass a few weeks ago in Roxbury. I was also on Fox last night, and I thank everyone for texting in who was able to catch it. I'd never been on with Trace Gallagher, so that was really cool, and uh, we were able to talk a little bit about what's happening there in Fort Point, and I'm sure that it's not going to be the last place that garners a lot of attention because people are starting to realize that they don't like this chaos when it's right next door to them. It's amazing. It's amazing how we weren't able to think this far ahead. And I know my audience was. I know you guys have been very much able to look into your crystal ball of how would I feel? How would I feel if 100 people were plopped next door to me all of a sudden? But a lot of people, especially here in Massachusetts, a lot of liberals, a lot of hate has no home here types were not able to have that forethought. And the results of that 
are pretty devastating. Okay, so because we're going to go back to this in the 1 o'clock, I would like to have a little bit of fun here. Because Hunter Biden had his deposition yesterday. And it's pretty long, the transcripts. But there's some gems here and there. There's some interesting things. And we talked yesterday how one of his excuses for sending a text to that uh, CEFC uh, chairman was that he was high or drunk. And then I think another excuse was like, oh, I sent it. Stay off the weed. I didn't even send it to the right guy. That was his excuse. Like he sent it to the wrong person. I don't think it matters if you're sending, uh, you know, blackmail-ish-esque texts to people. I don't think it matters if you get the right one. I think the point is you're using your father's position to try to enrich yourself and your family. I think that's kind of the lead in this situation. But sure, if you want to say, oops, wrong text, as if that's a get-out-of-jail-free card, why not? But the part that I want to focus on, actually, is this story out of Red State about Eric Swalwell. Because I love when Eric Swalwell gets involved. Talk about someone who should keep his mouth shut more often. Better, what's the old Mark Twain, Jared? Better to be thought of fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt, something perfect, like that. Perfect. That's why I didn't open my mouth because I would have butchered it and I would have looked like a fool. So I, I, I decided, I'm pretty sure I paraphrased on that one. I think everybody. I think it's one of those quotes where you look it up and everyone takes credit for it. Like there's a million people who supposedly said that the first time. But Eric Swalwell does not abide by that advice. Okay, he would prefer to open his mouth all the time, open his mouth, open his Twitter account, open his Instagram, and just let everybody know that he is the main fool and no one can take his place. So in the transcript, it's 229 pages, okay? And it says that Swalwell decides, before the testimony has even begun, Swalwell wants to make it clear that he is the most immature biggest pain in the ass in the entire room like he wants to he wants to settle that have it be settled law before they even get rolling and that's a room with Dan Goldman Raskin and Hunter Biden and Jerry Nadler yeah it's <laughs> it's tough com- it's stiff competition okay but Eric Swalwell he's not easily intimidated by that this is a guy who tweeted once that where there were snow flurries that he actually crossed the street to go to a Starbucks because he didn't want to go to the one in Trump Tower, even though it was closer to him. He walked across the street as snowflakes were falling down. You are so brave. To get a coffee at a different Starbucks. So just keep that in mind. This is the level of courage that we are dealing with when it comes to Eric Swalwell. So they're having this conversation, and Swalwell says, Hey, Chairman. About that inquiry, when are you going to release the transcript? The staff counsel says, I'm going to get to that in one moment, sir. Mr. Swalwell says, I'm asking the chairman, not you. He's a real pompous ass. Chairman Comer, when are you going to release the transcript on this? Hasn't even happened yet, okay? They haven't even started yet, and this man is yelling at them for the transcript. By the way, speaking of transcripts, when are we going to get the her transcript? Any word on that, Eric? You know that transcript that shows that Joe Biden's too old and too feeble to stand trial? Are you hashtag releasing that transcript anytime soon? 
So uh, Chairman Colmer says, we're conducting the, the deposition. Mr. Swalwell says, yeah, but you've got 91 of them buried. And then Colmer says to him, I don't care what your question is. Now, Jerry Nadler steps in. Jerry Nadler, who just recently told us, I'll stay in this for 10 more years. This is what we have to look forward to for the next 10 years. Okay, the wisdom of Jerry Nadler. He goes, well, I care what his question is. When are you going to release the transcript? There are 91 transcripts that haven't been released yet. Chairman Comer says to him, we will release the deposition, the transcripts, like we always do when we agree to release the deposition and the transcripts. Mr. Swalwell says, shouldn't the witness know? The staff counsel says, yeah, we want to put the transcript out within a day. And Mr. Nadler says, within a day? Very good. Thank you. So Mr. Nadler is sending the signal resolved. Like, this is good. Because he's nuts, but he's not that nuts where he's going to keep beating a dead horse. You got your answer. You asked when. They said within a day. Not good enough for Eric Swalwell, though. Eric Swalwell is like that friend you have. You know, he's on a roll for a while in a fight, and he's got some good zingers, and then he just takes it too far, and you're like, oh, dude, you were doing good for a while. Sit down. No one to shut up. Mr. Swalwell says, so the staff counsel says back to uh, Jerry Nadler, we'll do our best, yeah, to get it out within a day. That's when Mr. Swalwell chimes in, in English or Russian? The staff counsel says, excuse me, what'd you say? And Comer says, we've already answered the question, Eric, and we're not going to tolerate outbursts like we had the last time. And Mr. Nadler has to say, he said within a day, that's fine. In other words, shut up, you nincompoop. And is Fang Fang's ex-boy toy really the person who should be coming out with these smarmy remarks? Like, is he in any position? Oh, you want to talk spies? Is that what you're getting at? That the, the Republicans here are some sort of Russian spies? Like, no, let's, let's elaborate on this. I love saying that to people. Elaborate. I want to know, Swalwell, Where's your head at? You say in English or Russian, because you think that's really cute. You know, you think you're being really smart. Well, let's dig down on that. What are you trying to say? Because if it has anything to do with espionage, spies, foreign adversaries, I would like to enter something into the record. And it's, it's very simple. Her name is Fang Fang. Like, dude, we have... We have the ability to crush every argument you have with those two words. We're gonna release hyphened. it. We're gonna release it in Chinese so your honeypot can translate yeah. it for you. You guys can read it before bed. That can be your sweet nothings you whisper to one another. What an absolute buffoon! And the ego on this man is amazing. I'm so amazed that Comer didn't turn around and say English, Russian. I don't know, maybe Chinese. We'll put it out in Chinese for you and your girlfriend. How's that? I mean, really? They have no shame. And they think everybody has the memories of a goldfish just because they have the brains of one. Like, no, we remember, dude. We remember. I don't like you saying, dude. I think I'm just angry today. Um, All right, now, that's not the only thing about Hunter. I have more news for you. The White House is now demanding that Fox News retract coverage of bribery bribery. Bribery. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. That, that one was a weird one. Bribery allegations against Hunter Biden and the president. Now, this is where it's weird. Because this guy, and his name keeps coming up, okay? Ian Sams. He's like the uh, 
the White House special assistant to the president. He's the Dwight Schrute of the White House. The assistant to the regional manager. And remember that he came out a couple weeks ago and he was slamming the, the media. And I think he actually sent it out through a channel that's usually reserved for like breaking news. He sent it to the White House Correspondents Association, basically telling them that he didn't appreciate, the White House didn't appreciate the coverage of the Robert Herr report. He didn't think that they explained it well or, you know, that they really got the point across. And now the media, to their credit, all they were doing is saying, Robert Hur said that Joe Biden's old and he doesn't remember things and he didn't remember the year his son died. All these different things that are in the special counsel report. But Ian Sams is very upset with them. And the White House is very upset. How dare you actually do your jobs? You've been on such a good track record of not doing your jobs for almost four years. And now you got to go and blow it. Actually, no, it's longer. Eight years. Eight years of not doing your jobs. And now you decide to turn things around. How dare you? Now, the White House Correspondents' Dinner, which I believe is headed up by Kelly O'Donnell from NBC, they put out a statement essentially saying, this is not what this is for. You don't get to use this, this special channel for news to reprimand us for not parroting your propaganda in the proper way. That's obviously not what they said, but you you get the drift. So now they think because of this Alexander Smirnov, Smirnov, however you want to say it, they think that that like wipes their slate clean, tabula rasa. Like, oh, you can't accuse the Bidens of anything now because this this guy, this FBI informant lied. And this is according to them, so I'll obviously take it with a grain of salt. But even if it is true, it's like just because one guy lied doesn't mean that every they have plenty of information that has nothing to do with Smirnov about the Biden family. And it comes from the Hunter Biden laptop, which unless Smirnov and Hunter Biden were teaming up on that laptop, I don't really understand why it's relevant in most of these cases to say, how dare you accuse the Bidens of bribery? Or as I was just saying, bribery. How dare you accuse them of this because of Alexander Smirnov? Like now none of us are allowed to say anything bad about the Bidens because of this one guy. And it's bogus, right? It's totally bogus. But it also just cracks me up that the guy who's putting this out there, who's saying, well, all of these allegations against Hunter Biden and the president are false and Fox News should have to retract their coverage. This is the same guy who just a couple weeks ago told us that the coverage of Joe Biden being old and senile and not remembering things was also false. Jared, what's the Nancy Pelosi, the Latin that we always say? False and uno, false and omnibus. So if you're lying to me, if I have a special counsel report from Robert Hur that says this dude is old AF, he doesn't remember anything, he can't remember dates or years or anything. And he can't stand trial because he's too old. And he can't spell Afghanistan, by the way. All of these different things. And you're going to look at me in the face and say, the media is not telling you the truth about that. They're just reporting what's in the special counsel report. He's going to look you in the face, this guy, Ian Sams, and say, don't believe that. Don't believe that report. And also don't believe all the footage you see of Joe Biden talking to dead people. Don't believe any of that. He's sharp. He's agile. He's totally fine. If he's willing to lie about all of that, Why on earth? You think Fox News is shaking in their boots like, oh, we have to retract anything we've said about Hunter Biden taking bribes because Ian Sam says we're lying. 
for some reason, I just don't think he's a reliable source when it comes to covering the president. I mean, a falsified, quote unquote, 1023 report may have some merit unless the actual son of the president didn't admit that he was sending blackmail text. Now, granted, he was high or drunk and they went to the wrong guy, but he was still sending blackmail texts on his behalf. And he admitted to that in deposition under oath. Exactly. So maybe there might be something to this. There's so much. There's so much here that is not predicated on anything that Alexander Smirnov is telling us. That we we could literally eliminate him from the equation and you've still got enough stuff to go with. But Fox News has got to retract something. I don't foresee that happening. But Ian Sam's like, it seems like his job is just to be a Karen. He just goes around yelling at people. You didn't say enough nice things about Joe Biden. Well, White House... White House Karen, Ian Sam. It's getting harder and harder for them to drum things up about this guy. The Nossip Beach Inn has opened reservations for winter getaways. And Jared, you stay at the Nossip Beach Inn. You love it there. I this did. is the this would be the ideal day to just be driving. Oh, this would be a glorious day. Imagine man. you're driving to Nossip Beach Inn, you're unwinding for the weekend, the sun is shining, and you get to just chill out on the beach. Yeah, and it's sunny, it's the perfect weather, it's the perfect time to be on the beach because you know what? It's still technical. Well, actually, it's meteorological spring, but it's still winter. So that's the best time to be on the Cape. You don't have to worry about the crowds. You don't have to worry about not getting a reservation. You don't have to worry about traffic. You can be down there on the beach almost by yourself at the Nosset Beach Inn because Nosset Beach Inn is right on Nosset Beach. You are steps. Whatever room you're in, you are steps from the beach. Uh, my wife and I went down there. We loved it. It was so tranquil to just be down there and to be able to enjoy the beach in the winter. We love sitting by the fire pits and having our morning coffee. If it's a little too cold, today's not that way, but some days it, you know, can get a little cold. You can stay in the room and be cozy because every room has a fireplace and a nice picture window so you can look out, take in the view, and be safe and cozy. And also, it never hurts when the price is this great. The price is right at the Nossa Beach Inn. Right now, you can stay at the Nossa Beach Inn for under $200. So hop on this now. Go to NossetBeachInn.com. That's NossetBeachInn.com. The closing arguments have begun in the Willis-Wade case. I saw more texts, by the way. I think Megyn Kelly was putting them out on social media. More texts between Terrence Bradley. (laughs) You're our Terrence Bradley, Jared. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. Between Terrence Bradley and Merchant. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's not looking good for Fanny. We'll be right back. We'll talk more about this on the other side. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curly Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. This is going to be a quick segment right here. I ran a little bit long, but when we come back, we have so many stories to get to. We've got a lot of great guests. We've got Erin Murphy, city councilor at large. She's going to be joining us to talk about the chaos in the seaport, the very angry residents there. And we're also going to talk to Emma Foley in the 2 o'clock and Holly Robichaud. So you have plenty to look forward to. Plus, we'll talk about Lloyd Austin. The Pentagon finds no one to blame for keeping Secretary Austin's hospital stay a secret. How convenient. 
for him and a lot more on illegal immigration, including some great sound. So don't go anywhere. More when we come back. Uh-huh.